surprised to see me here. I knew you'd come. Well, I once told me I could never be like him. Now I understand why. Wouldn't have bothered him knowing you were around. Writing sports columns. So you found out you're not a politician after all. Just a man. An ancient race. You answered a rocket. Get your rocket. Out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified in them. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Hey, kids, it's your old pal, M.L. Elric, coming to you with the soul of Detroit. And I come to you this week fully divorced from a political career, <laughs> totally committed to podcasting, and willing to work for food. So if anybody has any good suggestions out there, please send them to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com or post them in the comments section of our Facebook Live broadcast. Uh, we will be experimenting soon with putting the live video broadcast of this show on multiple platforms because we hate Facebook or Meta or whatever it calls itself. Meta, yeah. And, uh, and we are here uh, back with, uh, with Mark Fellhauer, our, uh, Hi. Our, our trusty and loyal producer, who put together an interview with uh, Rod Maloney that we did earlier today because Rod is working on some special projects, so other reporters in town should be very wary of what uh, Mr. Maloney is getting ready to unleash on the public. And, uh, and I'm here with Sean Windsor, and I want to start this week's episode with an apology what? to I Sean. Thought, I thought you wanted to start it with... I well, and, and, and a little bit of audio. Oh, I thought you wanted to originally start it with... Uh... Hey, Sean, you're a real piece of garbage. <laughs> now, you're no, both, now you're both pieces of garbage. I'm the piece of garbage, and I, I want to <laughs> apologize to Sean for a lot of the work that he's done, uh, a lot of the risk that he's taken, the way he's put it on the line <laughs> to do things like uh, interview El Chapo. Oh. Uh, to apologize and, and defend um, Hugo Chavez. And of course, I'm referring to that great American, Sean Penn. Does he even know who you are? I mean, that's, that's a uh, big question. Well, I, I, I think we should let the man speak for himself. Forgive my compromised sense of humor, uh, but I did want to answer our host question about who ML is. Uh, he's, he's one of our finest podcasters and... and As you can tell, <laughs> Sean and I have worked things out, so it's uh, it's great. And I look forward to his upcoming film. Um, uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm I'm sure it will be very uh, very thoughtful. The other Sean socially. seems, seems oh. slightly amused. He's just come off a deadline. I'm not quite I'm not quite finished. I do have a question though. Uh -oh. Would y'all spend forty five dollars on a Reese's pie? Because apparently this is the n the next big new thing. They're sold out already. People are going. Crazy trying to get these things. Nine-inch Reese's Thanksgiving pie. They're hard to come by. I knew whatever the question was, it was going to be um, not connected to the, anything whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a Popeye chicken sandwich situation, but uh, <laughs> but it's nice to know that Boy, uh, we can put something out there and people will go crazy. You're just going to ignore his apology to Sean? Sean Penn? Yeah. I, I don't know who Sean Penn is. I'm... He's one of our finest actors. Just, Forgive my compromised sense of humor, humor, but he is one of our finest actors working today. Uh, the clapping's a nice touch. Also a director. 
and he's uh, done some good stuff in are, Haiti. Are you sad that you're here today? No. Oh, okay. I just want to know. Are you guys going to fight again today? We, we waited that no, long to not. find out people, about a people, Reese's pie. <laughs> people don't want to hear we, that. We held up the show for a $45 Reese's pie question? We held up the show. You mean you randomly changed the show without talking to me? We, uh, <laughs> we, uh, sure, it's a, a, there's a vast quantity of text messages that can prove otherwise, but we'll just move on. That came, yes, the garbage. That, that came yesterday. I, um, uh, no, no, no. People don't, Mark, to answer what? your question, what? people do not want to hear us yell at each other. They want to hear yeah, us. They do. That's a no. lie, you liar. No, they don't. They want to hear us. That know, is not true. Ribbing each other with some humor and, and poking at each other. People love that. But they don't want to hear us genuinely yelling at each other. You might because you are the master puppeteer, and I'm starting. So to, now you're blaming Mark. I'm starting to think that this isn't. It's about time for you to take some responsibility for your actions, this, sir. This isn't Mike's fault at all. It's uh, <laughs> it's all Mark. What? Now I I lost in the pool because I had I had a, at a fairly princely sum that Sean would try and bring in some makeup food. Yes, you are wrong. You were wrong. But there's no food to be had. No, no, no. I bring it's a, just a just a vague reference to an exorbitantly priced. No, why didn't uh, you bring it? Why didn't you bring that pie in? Because uh, you sold didn't out. listen to what I said. I, no, yeah, I know it was sold out. They're sold out. Yeah, well, you are the master. Because Sean doesn't care about feeding his colleagues. No, it's like uh, you're unless like, it's you're, a line of bull. You're like Owen <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> what Mark. did I do? What? You're like Owen Wilson what? in Starsky and Hutch, the movie. Oh, remember when uh, there were the a couple original. of women there, and he was sitting, and he said, "Why don't you go ahead and kiss?" I <laughs> and he and he said it in a very uh, sort of subtle. Well, I guess it wasn't that subtle, but kind of a you know an endearing way. That's what you're trying to get us to do. No, Only I it's not you kissing. You want us to punch each other. I didn't want you to. It Did you find that, it that quickly? That's from Road Trip. No, I want you two to kiss each other. Tom okay. Green, yeah. Okay. God, whatever happened to Tom Green? He's this around. is exactly the kind of duplicity and lies I expect from Sean, who puts his future on the line with every column about Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I'm glad that you made it back alive. You're not. I'm not. I'm Thank not, you. Uh, On behalf, uh, a lonely nation turns no, its eyes to. I'm not going to take debate this week. Um, no, Mark. <laughs> Come it's, on, take uh, debate. No. What? It's, uh, what if the bait was a forty-five dollar Reese's pieces pie? Would you? You take enjoy that bait? it, Mark. And there might be some, a few out there that do. But for no, the most that, part, that, people do not want us angry at each other. They don't. Nobody wants I, to listen I, to that. I don't either. I think it's. I think it was. I think it was genuine, and that's why. It was well, of, I think it's interesting that two adults because can have you disagreements and be right about certain. I think I think you were right about some stuff. I think Sean. Or I think ML's been right about some whoa, stuff, whoa, but I think whoa, you both whoa, have been whoa, wrong whoa, about whoa, things. Whoa, what? Whoa, Who? Whoa, what? Whoa, where, where are we going? What's going on? Who? I think Joe was rolling tape uh, before we got here. You said Sean was wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Joe. Me. Can we get that tape? No. No, Joe's. No. Joe's. Uh, Joe doesn't like it when mom and dad fight. Uh, uh, are you playing both sides, Mark? No, I'm not, I'm really not. I just That's a great line from a Sean Connery movie. Yeah. You're playing both sides. I no, I the I one just, where I, Catherine I, Zeta-Jones is the is the jewel thief. I could see both sides of your arguments. That's what I thought. I don't even know what about. the arguments were. Well, no, I mean they were two different words. They weren't arguments. arguments. Sean said some nonsense and I was right. That's how it worked. But anyways, let's get to the butchery because they have some delicious pies. Uh Dave Hubbard uh informs us that this is the right time to get ready for Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful for all my friends, for all our listeners, for all our sponsors, for Dave and his family, for Mark, for Joe, for Sean. Um, and we'll edit that pause out. And um, 
No, we won't. And uh, the butchery sl.com is where you can find out more. Go to 248-682-COWS. Get your, let your fingers do the walk in 248-682-COWS and call Dave because they've got fresh Amish raised turkeys as well as locally raised heritage birds. When you go to the butchery, you'll find out why Chef Dave and Julie say, don't just eat meat, experience it. This is the one thing Sean and I agree on. What? El Chapo is a vile, <laughs> vile murderer. The other Sean. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, that the butchery is a great place to shop. In fact, that's where I'll be getting the uh, the Thanksgiving turkey for my family, and we have a ridiculously large gathering, uh, including uh, relatives. How much are you charging at the door? Um, oh, because I'm cheap, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't but, say that. I was just curious. Oh, uh, well, it depends who shows up. Uh, the butchery is on <laughs> Sylvan Lake Road in Orchard Lake. They're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. So order your holiday turkey now. Stop listening to the show. Put it on pause. Is it if a If you're watching right us on Facebook Live, I want you to go and, and watch this later. Just You can come back just like, you need to order that turkey now. You need to do it right now. <laughs> And Dave is a, a fine, uh, he's a legit chef, like fine dining. Like a and a fine Spartan. Chef. I had him, well. Julie's a Spartan. He's a, he's a Spartan by extension. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I see how you have to qualify that. I do, was just going to say he was a fine Spartan. Why can't we just leave it at that? He, um, I. You mean he's a Roman warrior who wears leather pants? I don't know. I mean, you might know that. I hired. I don't him like to, that implication. I, I hired him to cook for my wife. My wife's fortieth birthday was uh, this past Friday. He came over and oh my god, what a meal! Just an awesome meal, huh? What do you make? Um, boy, multiple courses: uh, crab cakes, real crab cakes, uh, table side Caesar to salad. Crab cakes? Yeah, you know, with a real like what seed. stamped out manta ray or no, something. No, but you know how you can do like the crab cakes that are like like almost like a ball of. Um, uh, breadcrumbs, very yes. little crab. These were like jumbo lumps. So no, crab. very little filler is what you're Yeah, saying. yeah. Like and this then, show. Uh, he made, uh, the main thing was he made Julie this uh, seared tuna, and I had, the, I had the Wagyu beef. Oh, good for Best you. Best steak I've ever had in my I, life. I do have a it's question like for Mike. What, 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 what was your feeling about the marbling on that beef? Perfect. I do Perfect have a question marbling. for Mike. Yes. Do you make money on your Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> yes, because all I do is try and make money. That's who I am. I'm just a profit center. That's who I am. No, no. you're not. You're a, a brilliant entrepreneur. I was going to go back and say I didn't make any money this year because I made a tremendous sacrifice, but I know that's just going to be And Mark, Mark, I should. And I, and I, Are you, you're, you're poking him. I know I'm not because, the only one making sacrifices. No, because he poked and poked, and I was going to think, whatever. So I'll poke a little bit back. Here's something, though, in all seriousness, and I want you to know this, Mark. Mike what? and I have some mutual friends that um, I've had conversations with over the years about his entrepreneurial I, I, maybe that's not the right word he's just he's smart and sensible and he pays stuff off and uh and there are lots of us not lots of us but there's some of us that really admire that and wish we were frankly more like that and that's a true story and those conversations are real and of course one of the reasons i'm able to do this is because i have uh, financed two rental properties using hall financial hey, which is a, a sponsor of the show which we'll be talking more about hall financial later but interest rates are in the twos and uh, if the price of real estate wasn't so absorbent right now, I'd be looking to get some more rental properties uh, because uh, when you can get that kind of interest rate, boy, oh, boy, that's we, an opportunity you want to grab. Why don't we talk about them right now? Because, yeah, call them. Oh, by get, all means. Get that interest rate locked in right now. They have service, really good service. That's why there's 5,000 five-star reviews. 
Make sure you understand your financial setup. That's step one if you're going to get a new home. And before you go out shopping for the home, call Hall Financial. Get your financing in place first. Go to ML Solar Detroit, the website, mlsolardetroit.com. You can click on the link to get started with Hall, or you can just simply call them 248-308-5000 or 866-CALL-HALL and make sure you tell them that ML Elric sent you there. NMLS number 1467435. That's right. You All call, financial. You call Dan Morris and you say, hey, ML told me to give you a call. Please do. Give, give me a mortgage, brother. Yeah. And, and, and he will. So, um, so, so we have... Um, we have a lot to cover today. We've got a lot of feedback. We're going to get that later on in the show. Uh, our mailbag is running. Uh, there's a Mike Clark joke in there somewhere. But there's, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, the uh, mail can be sorted into two categories. Uh, ML's a dick. Sean's a dick. Are you going to fight or what? And, uh, so we're going to make people wait for What that. do you want to do? Huh? Really, which is really going to be a segment about last week's show. We're going to make people wait. Oh, there's been a All lot of, of information. That, that's a good that's a good radio thing, right? Or podcast. This is a good thing. tease. Yeah, tease. but no one's leaving anyway because Maloney was awesome. Okay. Yeah, Rod, Rod gave a great interview, looking back at a major, major historical event and talking a little bit about his career. Because if you if you have listened to or watched Rod Maloney over the last thirty years in Detroit, you think he sounds like he sounds, but he really sounds kind of like this because he's from Massachusetts, and he'll tell us his origin story. In just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about John Rutherford and the Cadu Cafe. The local stars are getting ready to shine the Cadu, as they always do, where live music is a staple, along with feather bowling and fantastic food. This Saturday, you can catch Alexander Zanchik flouting his flouting ability, because he's a flautist at the Cadu. And then on December 3rd and 4th, Laith El Sadi. Great guitar player and singer comes. You can find out more about what's going on at the Kaju Cafe at kajucafe.com. Get there for the holidays. Bring your friends there when they come home for the best bar night. Uh, you know, biggest bar night before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is, is, is uh, that Wednesday night. Kaju's a great place to go, and, uh, and you'll probably see me there either tending bar, washing the dishes, or picking up cans behind the, uh, behind the dumpster because I did make a tremendous sacrifice. But so anyways, uh, and now uh, a, a wonderful conversation we had with Rod Maloney earlier this morning. We're pleased to present to you now on the unsponsored Rod Maloney channel. Okay. Still, still looking for a sponsor there. So we're joined this morning by our special guest, Rod Maloney, who told me the most important lesson I've ever had in journalism. <laughs> he told me very on, uh, very early on in my career at Channel 4, which is good because there wasn't a later on in my, in my career. At Channel 4, and he said, the most important word in every story you do is you. And I said, me? He said, no, you. And I said, right, me. He said, no, you, meaning the viewer, the person who's watching it. So it's not Mark Fellhauer. It's it's you. And I, I use that with every one of my journalism classes because it's such a simple but such a powerful concept to get people to engage and to understand why you're doing those stories. So when we did a story on how much Kwame Kilpatrick paid to keep the text messages secret, $8 million is sort of an imaginary number. But when we said that's your money and that could get 2,000 houses demolished in your neighborhood, you could hire 500 cops and 300 firefighters or whatever it was. I'm kind of making these numbers up now. We would see people who would come up to us and quote those numbers. In fact, there was a sticker on the light pole in front of the old union hall between 
the Detroit News Free Press building and WDIV where somebody had posted those numbers. X number of demolitions, <laughs> X number of firefighters, X number of police. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful. And I owe it all to Mr. Rod Malone. Well, that I would have any, any corner of a Pulitzer uh, you know, uh, you know, because you went and did all of that. You've got, you know, I mean, the the homage should be to you. You went out and actually did it. You know, I ended up. I was with you with Kwame when the when the jury said we knew when he was lying because his lips were moving. Right. You know, I was there sitting beside you every day. I wanted to get my hands on the text messages. They never came, and they never came to me. I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> so you know, you earned that one, man. Well, so here's the blame for Rod. Rod and I were also at a press conference, a fairly insignificant press conference involving Kwame Kilpatrick before we knew exactly how bad it was. And he said, have you ever thought about running for city council? <laughs> and I think you remember what I said. You said you, he, what I most admire, because your humor is, is so quick and so right there. And they said, because it, it was... It was uh, one of the other writers, wasn't it um, Dar- uh, Darren? Darren. Darren Nichols. Darren Nichols yeah. says to you, so you're thinking of running for city council. And without a missing a beat, you said, I'm one closed head injury away from running <laughs> for city council. And Rod reminded me of that earlier this year. And uh, and it turns out, actually, it's when you run for city council that you, you, you uh, suffer a closed head injury. But, <laughs> but this isn't about me. This is about Rod because oh, man. Rod is, uh, is one of the guys that whenever I can take him into a class to talk about journalism whenever i can expose him to people who want to learn about the craft they get a master class in one session <laughs> and uh and so we we brought him on to talk about some uh some of the recent great work that he's been doing at wdiv but i also want to take you really quickly through rod's um career because when you hear rod it feels like he's been with us for a long time, but back when he was in high school, I'm sure he kind of talked like this here, down east yes, and yeah. uh, <laughs> on, on Route 1 there in, uh, in Maine. I mean, uh, you Attleboro. are not I, a Detroiter. I grew up in Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is right on, uh, it's quite literally on the border between Providence and Boston. It's, it's on I-95, right at the Rhode Island border. And I was born in Plymouth, and my folks, my mom is from Milton, Mass., and my dad's from Brockton. And uh, so, Brockton. yes, Brockton. I can I can do the accent, although um, I minored in speech in college, so I could shed the accent. And if every now and then, if I'm around my family, like for Christmas, like for a holiday, I will be with them, and I will speak like I'm speaking, but I will come out with something, and I'll go... <laughs> Yeah. Did I just say that? Oh my goodness! You know, you are a master of elocution, but but I love the fact that at one time you were a total chowderhead. I, indeed, I was. In in, in fact, I, I think I blame the lion's problem on me only because everywhere I've ever gone, when I was in Massachusetts living, the Patriots were awful. They made the Lions look competent. Then I moved to Miami. Miami got to the Super Bowl and then fell off the face of the earth. I went to Tampa. They already stunk and never got better. And then I came to Detroit. The NFL has been a disaster everywhere I go, and yet it seems to improve when I leave. Everybody gets the Super Bowl but me. It's 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 just been horrifying. Well, I was going to say, I hope you stick around, but now I'm not... <laughs> yeah, get out. Will you leave, please? No, I'm not please. so sure. <laughs> so, so tell us what brought you to Detroit. It was the job, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, it the I asked this question, but increasingly the answer would be, I have no idea. What were you doing the day Ronald Reagan was shot? And the reason I asked that is because that was my first day in television news. Oh, wow. I, I, I did read- my paper route. 
<laughs> there you go. Were you even here? I, re- I remember. Okay, I, I was right. five, but I remember. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was my first day uh, coming out of Emerson College in Boston. Uh, I had been working in uh, all news radio station in Providence. WEAN doesn't exist anymore. Um, and I would I would work the overnight shift. I'd board out the Larry King show hmm. and uh, would prepare the morning news, do the cop calls and all of that, and then go on, on the tr- jump on the train, go to school and then come home, sleep for a bit and then do it all over again. I did that for three <sighs> and a half awesome. years. Um, and so I wanted to get into television back then to get into television you had to have worked in radio so um, I I also had a mentor a woman uh, her name is Marsha Della Justina if you talk to anybody from Emerson College they will know who she is and she came to me and about two or three other of my classmates because we were in a group of about 35 it was the first actual broadcast journalism program centric in other words when you graduated you graduated with a tape that you could then send to a news director somewhere that was the first time that had ever been done and so we were doing that but i was in with 35 other people and this is the carter recession this is 1980 going into 81 and so my my mentor came to me in two years before that and said look to the people that she thought had a legitimate future she said look you want to graduate you're going to graduate with 35 others for two or three jobs that are available so she said graduate a semester early and then you can get your job and that's what i did so i graduated in February of 81. And fortunately, there were only a handful of jobs in the whole country available. Um, I remember applying to Wood TV and other places sure. everywhere. Up in Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids. And uh, I ended up getting a job in Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine. Oh, my goodness. Talk about it's the uh, it's probably the biggest city in the north of Maine, which makes it still a very, very small oh, city. Well, I, we, I, probably I, smaller than Royal Oak. At the I, I, oh, absolutely. It was like 35,000 people. And I we used to say of Bangor, it wasn't the end of the earth, but you could see it from there. <laughs> you had your own time zone there. Oh, my Lord. They, they, uh, and the, the, I think the one outstanding quality of Bangor, there were two of them, actually, was the airport, because the runway was two and a half miles long. So back then, the Challenger was in its infancy. So that was a one of the uh, runways they could use if they had to divert. Ah, okay. So we were like, okay, uh, maybe they have to divert someday. You know, we, we look at that runway longingly, thinking maybe they'll land there one day. It never did. But um, and then I lived up the street from Stephen King. Okay, oh. and that was that was a trip. Now I got to meet him and knew him a little bit. And I uh, no, we weren't friends or anything. He wouldn't know me if he you know if right. we ran into each other. But um, he was there. But, uh, but what about that character in that in that in that book uh, that Mod Raloni? Is that just <laughs> yeah, coincidence? That's the one. Yeah, that 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 eerie guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Up, yeah. Ohio chills your, Street. Chills your blood. Ohio Street in Bangor, Maine. That's where I lived. With so. the creepy. Did he have the creepy gate around there at the time oh, with absolutely. the bats yeah. and the dragons yeah, on the, the house, iron? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The red house and, and all of that. But. Yeah. He's not trying to blend into the neighborhood. No. He's no. Like this you is Stephen he's... King's house. Okay. Yeah. There's no doubt. No yeah. doubt about it. Uh, interesting guy. Uh, interesting guy. So I, I did about 18 months there. I think 18 or 20 months there. Then went to Portland, Maine. Poland Spring, actually. I went to the ABC affiliate uh, in right next to the literal Poland Spring. Okay. Um, I was the main anchor there. Then I got a job in Miami, worked in Miami as a, a reporter. But I I did, I kind of did it through the back door because I went to, uh, Bangor was CBS affiliate. Poland Spring was the dog with fleas ABC affiliate. Then I went to Miami to the Independent. And it was there I realized, don't ever, ever go to the station with the dog, the dog with fleas station. Just 
just yeah. don't do it. Bad idea. Um, How come? Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> because you don't make any money, and they're awful, and nobody calls. It's like I was in, in Miami at WTVJ, which was the best station, best local news I think I've ever seen um, at, at the time. Uh, Mike Schneider, who ended up at the network, and, uh, and, and uh, John Scott, who is now at Fox. And uh, just you know, they, they just they had everything. It was a post-Newsweek st- station at the time. And they they had everything. And if somebody had a news tip, they'd call them. They weren't calling us. Right. So you're you're a day late, dollar short. You don't have any equipment, you know, and and you're just behind all the time. And I never wanted that. So uh, fortunately, I got a phone call because one of my buddies had worked for Miami, went to Tampa. They called me. I was under contract. They just resigned me in Miami. I got a call to go to Tampa. And the, uh, the, the general manager at the independent station looked at me and I said, look, I said, I, I have an offer. Will you let me out of my contract? In this day and age, it would never happen. But his name was Elliot Trashinsky. I'll never forget it. He was the greatest guy. And he said, you know what? I don't want to prevent anybody from having a future. If you want to go to Tampa, go. So I did. Went to Tampa. Were you a reporter in Tampa? Yeah. So you left an anchor job at the... Well, I was an anchor in, in, in Maine. I was a reporter in Miami. And then I went and was a reporter in Tampa. I mean, would you rather be a reporter or an anchor? Because from where I sit, you know, you think people would want to be the anchor. You'd want to be the anchor. And I was the anchor. I just wasn't good at it or that good at it that I could make, you know, Devin Skillian money. <laughs> well, you've, you've picked up some skills since then because you're kind of the five-tool player at, at Channel 4. I mean, you can do whatever they throw at yeah. you. Well, that's that's kind of been the 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 default for me. I can do anything you want me to do. And I think back, and it's funny. I was telling except you, weather, right? Have you ever done weather? I've done weather. No, in <laughs> fact, I was. I did a uh, weather's uh, the easiest because you don't have to be right. Well, you're not, well, it, you just it, have to know how to point at stuff yeah, that so you, is behind you. Point at the map, know where Iowa is or where Maine <laughs> is. Um, but then also, uh, you're like an economist. Everybody listens, and you're never right, right. ever. <laughs> but the I was talking to uh, one of my daughter's friends who's at Michigan State and she wanted to interview me about my career and this was just yesterday as a matter of fact and um, one of the great stories of my career was when I was in uh, Bangor uh, it was the CBS affiliate but they were so cheap they didn't buy the network feed okay? <laughs> so you couldn't use the network video like if you're, you're producing the 11 o'clock news you can't even use a video the only video you could use came out of the nightly newscast no other feed service there was like if they fed anything at 1101 you could use that but there's nobody to get it to you so you couldn't use it, it was and not only that they didn't hire relief help so in the summertime they didn't have people and so I swear, this is the truth. My, his name was Gordon Manuel, the late Gordon Manuel, came to me about uh, two months in. I was there, got there in the end of March, so uh, April, May. So about May, he comes up and he's right. He says, uh, I just want you to know that we're not hiring any uh, summertime help. And we got vacations coming up. So when the time comes, um, you're going to be the 11 o'clock news. All of it? All of it. I produced the 11 o'clock news. I did the news. I did the weather. And I did the sports. And I had to put the whole thing together. So the whole half hour, and this went on for six or eight weeks, the whole half hour was Ugh, just me. Exhausting. Um, and it, it uh, for some, so I, you know, I mean, I, I come kind of pre-sprung, spring-loaded <laughs> anyway. And so it was like, it, it was fine. I, I had no problem with it. But um, one night... 
in Maine, especially at that time, you didn't have tornadoes. There, tornadoes are not a New England thing. You don't make it a hurricane or a yeah, hurricane or, or no, no, But uh, no, you don't <laughs> get a hurricane. Is. There it is. <laughs> uh, you don't get a tornado. And so I, I'm sitting there. It's like seven thirty, and a tornado touches down at the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the prize bull. Yeah. So no one there to cover it. At the time, my 11 p.m. director was my photographer at night. So I can't go. I got I got to put a newscast together. I got the whole show to do. So I send him, and it's a long story. But the bottom line is, the morning man at the radio show who had had a stroke and whose face had. Yeah, like a bell yeah, frozen thing. right they weren't allowing him on the air anymore because it just it was sad yeah. it was tragic so i sent my photographer to go out and get me some video at least we'll start there i'll get on the phone maybe i can record a, an interview with a police agency or something and there's no cell phone camera no, video no, 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 no even no. the subruder film is no not available. this was three quarter inch it was a 50 pound deck with a with an industrial yeah. camera he Ugh. went and so he comes back about i don't know an hour hour and 15 minutes later and he takes his gear and he throws Rose it. I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound too good. He said, so, Dale, what do you got? What do you got for some videos? And he said, I got one shot. I said, what? He said, yeah, I've got one shot because George Hale was the guy's name. George had decided he was going to be the reporter, but he wasn't allowed on the air and the director knew it. So they get in a fist fight <laughs> and he left. So 11 o'clock comes. I've got to do a half hour news. My lead is the weather. I have no video. <laughs> Oh and have to fill the entire newscast. Oh, I, I think back in those days, it was crazy, but we got through. You know, you just did it. And and the general manager of the next job that I had had has a place up there, and he said, you know, I watched you when you did that that whole half hour. He says part of the reason why we hired you is because you made every segment look different. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And so I, that you know, I didn't. You don't know that when you're doing it at the time, but yeah, it helped me get my next job. So and now we're headed back in that direction. We are as yeah. we as we shrink. Our, our ranks, which is, yes. is one of the things I was thinking when we we had the anniversary of the uh, the Royal Oak uh, Post Office mm -hmm. shooting. I was back uh, from Ireland. I had been working over there after leaving an internship at the Free Press, and I'm watching the live coverage, which of course is, mm -hmm. is is bumper to bumper. And I see all these people from the Free Press from the art department who were down there. I was like, "What are they doing there?" And I found out, like, "Oh, they're trying to figure out where the map is and where things were, so they could do this big graphic treatment." Mm -hmm. In the newspaper, well, there must have been four or five people there who were not reporters. Today, there is no art department at the Detroit mm -hmm. Free Press, but that that story, uh, while it's sort of a marker in, in how diminished the media has been, is still a, a major uh, cultural touch point. And you've been you've been reconnecting us with mm -hmm. an event that uh, that kind of resonated across the country. Yes, it was last Sunday was the anniversary, and it was it's so sad that 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 day that incident and what happened. And 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 I was in Michigan at the time, but I was up in Saginaw. I was working as an anchor up there. And we sent another crew down, so I didn't actually physically. And that was cover, after Tampa. You went to Saginaw. Yeah, I went to I went to Tampa from Saginaw. <laughs> Boy, I tell you story. what, there's a lot of people who uh, say, I like the weather, but I, <laughs> if I can get a gig in Saginaw, I'm out of here. Well, I, well, that would, 
they caught what? you messing around with the GM's wife or something? No, no, no. What happened was, I, it was, you know, everybody that I, once I heard early on in this business, they said, you're nothing if you've not been fired or sued. <laughs> I've not been sued, but I got fired. Okay. Uh, and, and I, you know, you know my, my wife gets angry at me when I talk about this, but it's the truth. When I got to, when I, I got the call to go to Tampa, they said, yeah, come. So I did. So the news director I were, was going to work for was like a legend down there. But the problem was, is that he had he, his, he, his ego was exceeded anything his anchors had. And so he got into a fight with his general manager. Six weeks after I got there, he got jettisoned. Oh. And then they brought in a new guy who hated my act. Yeah. So you were somebody else's boy. Mm-hmm. And when he went, you were on... Yeah, he didn't like me, didn't like my act, didn't like what I do, how I express myself. He took me off the street, put me on special projects. We did that for a year, was really successful. And then they decided they couldn't afford the body. So they put me back on the street. He hated me, and then he didn't renew my contract. Oh, wow. Well, there are a lot of people who come to Detroit from Flint and Sagan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is a, a very dynamic news market. Mm-hmm. And you, I think most of the people you see on the air in Detroit, like Amy Lang mm-hmm. at Fox 2 mm-hmm. and several, several other colleagues we've had at, at Channel 2 and Channel 4 and 7, have been Jessica Dupnack came from from yep. Flint and Saginaw. So that really is, you know, right. in newspapers, the same thing. You want to go to Boston, get a job in Providence. Yeah, go to yeah. Providence, go yeah. to New Haven, go to one of the stations, Portsmouth yeah. or whatever you can do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was, it, it, and, and I don't know if I was the first, but I think I'd like to think that I was one of the first to do that because it hadn't been common to go from Saginaw to Detroit, but I was fortunate to get that opportunity and I was very grateful. So you were in Saginaw when those shots rang out. As right. I recall, it was sort of, uh, early morning, late morning, in the middle of the week, it, it was, was it was just uh, like quarter to nine. Okay. It was it was about quarter to nine, and it only lasted six minutes. But he he fired one hundred shots inside that building. He had a sawed off Ruger ten twenty two hunting rifle, and uh, it was it, it was tragic. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, it was also everybody knew it was coming. Which is the the real? I think in many ways the tragedy of the whole thing. He had Tom McElvain was his name, and he had uh, he had he was a letter carrier. Liked his job, liked it a lot. But he also uh, had one of those personalities. He'd been in the military, and he had one of those personalities. Couldn't get along with the. He didn't take didn't like taking orders, and he got demoted for being uh, insubordinate. He loved his job, but he wasn't. It didn't seem like he was very good at it, right? Didn't he leave his keys in the truck and? Um, I thought there were a lot of complaints on his route about him, and I, I mean, know, there was a reason why he was in trouble other than just not getting along with coworkers. He, well, it wasn't the coworkers; it was the it was the management. And yeah. and and I will say, and I will defer to the. There's a 400 page report that if you want to see it, you can go on clickondetroit.com. Okay, uh, and we've put it there. You read that report, and you begin to understand what happened. There, there, the the. Uh, postmaster's name was Dan Pensilla, I believe his name was. He had been, uh, he had a group of people that had worked for him in Indianapolis. So it was him and four managers. And they were in Indianapolis and running it, and they were getting into all kinds of trouble because they had disciplined their workforce to the extent where they had 27 right, 2,700 write-ups for a 4,000 workforce, 4,000 member <laughs> workforce over like a two-year period. So they're just walking behind people with a notebook and... Essentially, yes. That's what they were doing. And so what happened was there were EEOC complaints against that behavior in Indianapolis. While the investigation was going on, Royal Oak became a place where the post office wanted to turn it around because it wasn't doing well. They took Pencilla and all his people and brought them up to Royal Oak. 
And so what they started doing was raining that kind of discipline down on their, their workforce like they did in Indianapolis. And that's where it became a problem. And McIlvain became a target because he wasn't the kind of guy that wanted to take that kind of discipline. I'm not suggesting for a minute he was a model employee, but at the same time, he was being pushed really hard. So he was he was a, a glass of nitroglycerin, and they were shaking it pretty right. hard. And and there, and, which and, doesn't mean they deserve to be shot. No, no, and but. and that's you know, and that's a, that's vitally important here. The what, what I tried to do with my piece that that we did, and it runs about six and a half minutes, uh, didn't air in a regular newscast because it was too long. We couldn't find a place yeah. for it. Devin, God bless him, ran it on Flashpoint over the weekend. But Chris Carlisle was the guy uh, that was the most direct report for uh, all of this discipline. And so I, I tried as best I could to explain that, that he was part of the Indianapolis group brought here, was doing this discipline. Everybody hated him. I mean, all the people that I interviewed despised him. Didn't just hate him. They despised him. Wow. Because they were running that, that, that roughshod over it. But there is that line. You just don't walk into the building and start shooting it up and killing people. Yeah. And so um, that's what we tried to show. And then so in essence, what had happened was McIlvain had uh, been so disciplined that he ended up in arbitration. One of the other complaints about it was that the arbitration went over a year, took a year for him to get through it. Well, that's not supposed to happen. The post office admits that that shouldn't have happened. So he had been saying in throughout the year that he was off fighting in, in the union arbitration that he was going to make other postal shootings like the big one in Oklahoma City back, I believe it was 85, where 15 people were killed. He was going to make that look like, a, like Disneyland. Wow. And oh. that was a quote. So everybody knew. So, for instance, when I interviewed Clark French, he was the only letter carrier. So he was saying this before. Oh, absolutely. So this is a guy who's telegraphing, mm -hmm. and he had the training and the experience mm -hmm. and the temperament where people should have known, this guy's a live grenade. Oh, absolutely. And Carlisle was out of the military, too. He was a mechanic in the Army. Um, and so what, what, we, what I boiled it down to was that these two young former military guys— um, had this explosive relationship, and that's what brought all collision of this Collision course. It was a collision course. It's, so It's really weird looking back on it, because I remember um, there was a mass shooting, I think, at a McDonald's in San Diego. When mm -hmm. I was San Isidro, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I remember that, but this one was really close to yes. home. It's like, oh my gosh, Royal Oak, that's... Well, I, mean, everybody, I could drive there. Everybody in Michigan that day went, Michigan? What? Yeah. A, a mass shooting? What are you talking but about? We're so used to seeing them now, and you can't help but think of how things have changed mm -hmm. because, you know, how they would have treated a threat beforehand. Um, mm -hmm. If he had an AR-15, mm -hmm. um, just how you deal with... Um, security and what to do in a mass shooter event and, and that's what i thought your story is really good because you pointed out the one hero mm -hmm. um i can't pronounce his last name Shizuski. <laughs> and he really did what people do now like he for some reason he knew what to do to get some people out he did and 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 th that was that was the most amazing thing when i started doing the research I, I i went and found all of the video put it on the server and then i started going through it and i'm looking and and, and it showed up twice this interview with this woman who said well there was this guy and he was helping a woman out the window and he stood between her and the shooter and then she got a, she got out and that's all I knew. So I, so as I'm doing my interviews, and and uh, Clark French is is one of those. Um, he was uh, he was a letter carrier, but he was also the, the assistant union steward. Okay. Um, he knew Keith very well. He, oh yeah, great guy. He gave his life, you know, 
protecting these women and so forth. I said, I've got to figure this out. And so uh, what they, they told me his name. And so I started doing more research and I found his widow. Her name is his name. Her name is Connie. And she had never, ever been approached by anybody. Really? really? I was stunned. Yeah. Nobody had had ever been in touch with her. And in fact, I couldn't find a cell phone number for her. So I found her address. I drove out to her house and left my card on her door. Now, you know. One of the great reporting techniques. (laughs) It's it's sort of the, you know, everybody storms the door and nobody gets the interview. But the guy who says, call me when you're ready. She called me that night. I couldn't believe it. Because normally when you leave your card, it either doesn't get seen or it falls on the ground or they throw it away. It's a message in a bottle. Nobody wants to to be involved. But she, for whatever reason, was intrigued. So she called me. Now, I I will say that, you know, because I was on the special project, I didn't have a photographer. I didn't, they didn't, you know, and normally we do the big thing where they give you the camera, you go, you set up the interview, you bring the thing, you bring yeah, the light. Two camera up, shoot, the light. The whole bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a network no, gig. No, no, no. I didn't have that in this and we weren't expecting it. We, uh, who expects to find this gentleman's widow? Sure. So I said, well, can you do a Zoom? She said, sure. I went from zero to hero <laughs> in about 15 minutes. Right. She called me. I said, can you do a Zoom? Sure. Yeah, I send you the invites. We did, we did the interview, and it was, it was like that. She had never been approached, and it was the most inspiring story I've done in a very long time. Because her husband not only saved one woman, he saved two. He was in his office. He had been at the arbitration hearing, so McIlvain wanted him and, and his ilk oh, anyway. so he was on the list. He was on that list. And even though he was one of the union guys. Yeah, no, well, he, was for the, he worked for the Postal Service. Oh, okay. He was the Postal so the Management. Now, well, he, did, he wasn't conducting the arbitration, but he right. was there. Right? Sure, so he so, would have known that face from all those right. meetings. Ugh. So two women come running to him saying, there's a shooter, what can we do? He took one woman and put her behind the copy machine. The other one, he smashed out the windows and he's helping this woman get out. They're on the second floor. She jumped from the second floor and landed and broke her leg. Keith Suzuki, who had, not Keith Suzuki, uh, 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 Clark French, who had been downstairs, had been shot by McIlvain, was running out and saw her coming out the window. And coming down, and she broke her leg. She got away. French ran over to Main Street and collapsed because McIlvain had shot him point-blank range in the back. Oh. And so, I mean, I, you know, we're gathering all of this, and it was just, it was astonishing, this story. So when we ended up doing, when I start looking at and putting it all together, I'm going, okay, well, we have the actual shooting, and then we have this hero story. So now we've got two. So by the time I get done, and, and hell, you know, having you know worked at our shop and worked in television, I had 11 minutes on video. We sat down and watched it, and, and we watched the first six and a half, and we said, well, we've got to cut it down so we can air it. And everybody looked and said, what are you cutting? You can't. Oh, yeah. I, I remember this. I remember doing a three- and a half minute story, which when I was there was a lifetime, mm-hmm. and we had the weeping father of uh, of a, a child who was killed and was covered up, mm-hmm. and we're like, well, we got to cut fifteen seconds. We'll get rid of the crying dad. I said, we're getting rid of the crying mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. I think we're able to keep it back in, but that's three and a half minutes, and three we had and to half. fight to the death to keep the crying father mm-hmm. of the slain and covered up murder victim. Right. I mean, so that's that's what you're fighting for to get three and a half minutes, and then you come to him with eleven. I'm surprised it didn't tell you, hey. Maloney, uh, what'd you call that guy in Tampa? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's gotten over it. Yeah. No, well, the six and a half, 
there going, oh, we just can't. We can't. But we tried to cut it, and we couldn't. Right. So they put it online, and it did really well. And then Devin, God bless him, he ran it on Sunday on, on Flashpoint. Going back to the— what, oh, Sorry, before that, we get to Mark, what happened to the, the five-and-a-half or the four-and-a-half? Well, the four-and-a-half, we, 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 we got that down to 3.30, but it was the Suzuki story, and we aired that on, on the Thursday prior to— So you broke it into two yes, stories. Yes, we, we broke it into two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, and we had originally decided to do two anyway, because you and got— we'll have those links on our website, yeah. folks. So I know we're talking about something that you should see. I mean, we'll make it easy for you to find these. I'm not big on awards, but I'm proud of this one. Oh, yeah. This one such a actually... major story in this area that I think is forgotten. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, think unless you is. go to the Royal and you see the plaque. I'm not even sure at the time that that the perspective we can give it 30 years later even got out. Maybe over time, there was an idea that the management was a, a problem and that they may have caused this. But just pulling it all together the way it came together, I don't think even was done at the time. When it happened, so you know, for those that don't know, McIlvain killed himself. I yes, mean, he, he committed did. suicide afterwards. Did he do that right away? Was there any kind of police standoff? Did the police no, get no? no? Uh, he heard the sirens. He he had he had five I, in the piece I said for you. He had actually five magazines hmm. of, and it was only twenty two, but he had five magazines of two hundred rounds in his pockets, oh, and so he was wow. just you know empty it, pop another one in. And so, again, it only lasted six minutes. So he had shot, he had, he had murdered three people um, and shot four others. Actually, he murdered four people, now that I think about it. And so he's getting to the end. He hears the sirens coming. He knows he's yeah. done. So he went to a back stairwell, and he shot himself with his twenty-two. And he didn't do a very good job, because even though he died, he lingered in the hospital for four days. Oh, that's unfortunate. After. And was that his plan? Yeah. Did he leave a note or anything? No, I, well, or just... I, nobody talked about a note. I, I don't yeah. know if he left one or not, but it was pretty well, clear. It's not like everybody knew. Right. I mean, he gave fair warning. And, and, and I will say this. The, for me, the most remarkable soundbite that came out of the whole thing was, was Clark French because he was in the sorting room. He didn't even see McIlvain. He saw his boss run. And, and, and instinctively, he, he knew, go. Yeah. So... All of a sudden, he gets shot. He doesn't know why. Well, McIlvain was a foot and a half behind him and shot him in the back. And he said, my first thought when I got shot was, well, I guess Tom lost his arbitration. (laughs) Wow. Uh, He didn't even see him shoot him. No, he didn't even know he was there. Yeah. Well, he knew immediately what had happened. So it wasn't like it was a secret that it was coming. Wow. Well, this was this was for I think a lot of people where the uh, term going postal came from. Right. But but as you pointed out, this had happened before in Oklahoma City. Right. But was this an early incident of of a series of them, or was this just the most high profile? Or it ended up being more more profile than the others, but it was one in a fairly long series. There were like like maybe three or four that had come. Okay. I mean, there was one in New Jersey two days or three days before, so it wasn't uncommon. I think in, in retrospect, knowing what I know as the business editor at the time the postal service was the biggest employer in the country they had all they really had, had like eight hundred thousand employees many of those employees had come out of like you know were vietnam veterans and things sure. like that oh. and so and it's it's it kind of passes itself off as a militaristic type management style anyway yeah 
And so um, I'm thinking that that atmosphere and the number of employees and just the, the, you know, the way they operated, this kind of became a thing because it kept happening over and over and over. They got tired of it. So Sure. And nobody at that time was thinking about uh, PTSD and we have, no. to, we have to care for our employees. It was kind of the old management style, which is if you don't like it, beat, hit the bricks. Exactly. And, and that's what it was. And, and it was a government job. You had the pension. There's a lot you know, wound up in that. So there, people were, uh, you know, really tough. I, I do want to say, and, and I mean this sincerely, uh, my boss, Kim Vollett, gave me this assignment. She walked up to me and she said, hey, uh, we're coming up in the 30th anniversary. I'd like you to do uh, a, a 30th anniversary retrospective on Royal Oak. And I went, ooh, that's a tall order. You know? Yeah. And yet, at the end of it, I... I'm, With no photographer. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's just because it, that's just the way it was. You figure you go up and you, you go to the archives, you do what you do. Yeah, you're you know? back on radio. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> you know, but 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 it was such a wonderful challenge, and I'm and 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 look, it's this tragic, tragic story. I feel so terrible for all of those people. I pray for them nightly because of what I've learned here. But it was it was such a great journalistic challenge to bring that story back to life, to give it perspective, to put something new to it, and 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 it was just it, it was what we you know you've done this. This is why we do what we do. I, I, it warms my heart to know that I was part of this project because it, it, you know, I just put it together. It was all there waiting to be put together. And it was, it was, I'm so well, fortunate. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, who else found the widow? I mean, you, you, you did what great mm -hmm. reporters do is you look back at something with fresh eyes and with a curiosity and you say, there's part of the story that hasn't been told. And then you go and, and you do, what what so few reporters do these days is you burn some shoe leather. You mm -hmm. went out to the house, you know, and you and you made an effort and you made a connection and, and you persuaded her to talk and, and then you, you brought that story forward. And that's you know most I, people would have just repackaged the original stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> What's the fun in that? There's, well, yeah. there's too much there's too much here. You can't I, you know, that's it's what it's what we do, right? I mean you just do it. Yeah. And, and it's great that, that, that Kim gave you that kind of time because if you've, and I know everybody listening to us has seen Rod, you've probably seen him four times every day. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the thing about being the, the five tool guy when something jumps off and you, I got a plan for today. I'm going to, and we're messing up Rod's plan for today because he's got other stuff to do and we're taking him too long. But, you know, you got this, this, and the other thing you need to do. Then something happens like, okay, who can we send? Well, we need a pro who can deliver under the worst condition. Maloney. You're like, but I'm supposed to. It's my anniversary. Maloney! You know, I Okay, I'm out. Hey, I'm I got it. it. I'm on I'm my on way. It. You know, because well, they know he put together a whole uh, eleven o'clock show by himself. He can't say no. <laughs> yeah, who exactly. know Kim Voet spent some time in Maine. <laughs> I thought she was a homegirl. But uh, but well, Rod, we, we don't want to keep because we know they got six stories. I for do you. have work to do today. But yeah. uh, but it's are always. You, are you on the Fenster story still? Or is uh, that well, I did it yesterday, and I, my my suspicion is I'll be doing it today. But I don't know. I'm, the meeting is ongoing. When I get into the meeting, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna let Rod go, but please check out his work at clickondetroit.com. Rod, do you want people to follow you on social media? I Sure. <laughs> it sounds like it. It's better to follow him on social media yeah. than on the streets. No, so, I, uh, if you go on my Twitter account, you will find uh, pictures off of my beach. Uh, okay. that, that's, and, oh, and right. I'm on Facebook, but only under duress. I have to have an account to be able okay. to function, but I don't so, post. So look for Rod at clickondetroit.com, and, and we will put links to those two stories uh -huh. on, on uh, ML Soul of Detroit. Com. Rod, thanks for coming in, and, and I can't wait to see what you get your hooks into next. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the next.
next opportunity. But yeah, thank you for having me. This is fun. I mean, you know, we, this is we would do this just sitting around anyway, <laughs> and, and we do this just sitting around. So the most important part of this podcast, Rod, is you. <laughs> thank you very much. It really is you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Man, the geeks have inherited the earth. What can I do then? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? My friend, my mentor, my uh, my vastly more successful Channel 4 colleague, Rod Maloney. Not our Geek of the Week. Uh, <laughs> and before we get to our Geek of the Week, we're going to tell you a little something about a gentleman who's also not a geek. No. Who might help you prepare for a very successful future. Exactly, because overreaction is not the strategy. For a long-term investor, and you want to be a long-term investor, so you got to call our buddy Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Did I say that right? 248-663-4748. This is the real number. One more time. Uh, I already forgot. No, 248-663-4748. Rational financial advice, stocks, bonds, 401k, 529s, if you have a company savings plan, what do you do? Nobody can understand it. Get advice. Get a strategy. Once again, Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth. Please call him, 248-663-4748. Because Luke will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Geek of the Week. So Ted Turner took a lot of flack when he colorized movies because people felt like he was messing with classics, that he was somehow tampering with something that was sacrosanct, that he was effectively putting arms on the Mona Lisa and putting a thought bubble that says, I have farted above the Mona Lisa. No, arms on the Venus de Milo. Yeah. Sorry. Or a head on the, on the winged victory at Samothrace. Eyebrows on. really uh, like great sculpture. Isn't... Um... Mona Lisa doesn't have eyebrows, right? Sean, help me out. Sean, are you still here? Sean? No, I'm waiting for the Geek of the Week. <laughs> we're, we're, That's we're, the Sean I knew. We're getting there. We're, we're, we're building up to it. It's, it's, it's sort of like the Carlos and Sean podcast. Uh, no, sorry. It takes, while, <laughs> it takes was, a while to get the to I the was point. confused because I could hear you through the headphones when you were talking to Rod, but I could hear you in the studio outside the headphones, so I wasn't sure which mic to listen to. Yes, it, it's, the, it's the magic of pre-recorded interviews, which yeah. I think we... Yeah, well, it was. We, we took people behind the scenes. It was here to. It was. It was definitely surreal to hear you twice at the same time. It, it's it, very confusing. It could have it been. It is. You know, unlike the other voices you hear, this one didn't say kill. I wasn't <laughs> sure. I wasn't sure which mic was right. You know. Well, that's easy to answer. Both. Both. Yeah. Or as you would say, far right. <laughs> and now we can say oh, that he shot and chuckled at that. Now, that now was we can cute. Say that. And no, I do I, love for those. I can't believe he's actually joking about that. But uh, but no, that's what you would hear, I guess. Far right. Yeah. I would hear that from uninformed people, yes. No, you would hear that in your head. You would extrapolate whatever oh, was go. not there. Here we go. And uh, you, would, you would take it to the extreme. But here that's okay. That's why I love you. So there you go, Mark. Well, I thought hey, we were gonna... Sean, you're a real piece of garbage. Uh, you gotta appreciate that ML decorated for you though. He hung up. Uh, I didn't. For those that can't watch. I didn't even know the free press did that until I saw that there. full page ad for the Carlos and Sean podcast. That's and that's, ML got four of them. That's to hang pretty up. sad. This is actually what? the first time a caricature has looked better than the subject. Well, that, that I agree with. You're talking about Carlos, of course. I think uh, I think that's pretty sad. The fact what? That the Why? Free press had to do that. 
You know how you can tell that it's a caricature because Sean is smiling. There's no self-loathing in that caricature. I thought you were going to say because and that he's on the right because I actually have no hair in that when I do in real life. Well, there's no evidence of that either. But. Yeah, I am on the right, but if, if can I nitpick on? But something? I'm not on the right. If from I, I my think, perspective, looking out, yes. I'm on the left. Um, I want to nitpick on that. The because, far left. <laughs> but you looking at me, I'm on the right, and that's the way it should be. I don't want you to know. Except the far you, right. Sean is so far on the left that he's on the right. Am I right? I don't know that I'm Correct. on the left at all. Can you fix it though? Because this is really anal. This will show. This is a little insight to how my brain works. Carlos and Sean, but then when you look at the picture. Oh no, it's right. It's correct now. It, it wasn't is. before, it though, was left it? To right. Was it before? I think it's always been that way. Oh, okay. Before I thought it was backwards. And I don't. Now that I, I'm looking at, I it, mean, I correct. don't carry a laminated photo of that in my wallet or anything. I wouldn't be able to check that. Are you mad that your name name's you, not first? You'd need a no. big wallet. Why would I be mad about that? It makes your name Car- should be first. It makes why I'm the host. So what? It it makes uh, Carlos feel better, and that's good. No, I don't care about you're, that. You're all about making people feel better, huh? Not always, but I sometimes try to be no uh, i don't care about that at all my man why would mike might care about that but i don't care yes i'm glad we turn it back to my tremendous ego no no no. i don't mean (laughs) i don't know that's like like most fascists i am uh very interested in in my own grandeur and of course my vast you're almost almost fishing for it (laughs) no it's just too easy now no here's what i'll say though unlike most authoritarians I don't want to say fascist is a little too strong. Unlike most authoritarians. Yeah, authoritarians, that's kind of the You care sense. about people, you know. So not, that's what makes not, you that's what makes you interesting. There's a, there's a couple exceptions. That's what, that's what makes you interesting. <laughs> there's one of them on the show. Yeah, I know. That's what makes him interesting, don't you think? I mean, forget the fact that he go. wears an earring and he's 60 and he can't grow a beard. I'm not worried about that. The fact is he cares about now, people. Now we're on to the greatest hits. <laughs> he cares about he cares about people. You know what I mean? He, you know what I don't care he generally for? Generally does. You know one person I don't care for is 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 the team, the creative team, and I hesitate to say creative, behind the recutting of Rocky Four. Because uh, if it hadn't been for this interregnum, I would have tried to tie this back to how some people didn't like Ted Turner for messing with the classics. And some people would say Rocky Four is a classic that should not be touched. Because of course, uh it was the Ivan Drago. The best one. Uh, I must break you. I, I, oh, it's I know, not the best one I know you by dis- far. You disagree with me, too. I think number four is the best. No, the best Creed one? is by far the best. You, you got to go with Clubber Lang. Creed. Creed? Like the new one? What? Yeah. It's a, Creed's actually a good movie. Yawn. It's well done. You know, I mean, if you like movies. Well, why are they redoing Creed? Well, the first one did kind Creed of Creed is part Oscar. of Rocky. They did do Creed. I know, but they're redoing they did another the best Creed, one. and it was not good. They're Creed redoing. Did. I mean, this is proof that they're Creed the, the best two one. is not. Yeah, Creed two wasn't very good. But so, the, sorry, Joe, we're off the rails the again. The first Creed is great. No, uh, it's Mr. actually T. a movie. I mean, it's a you know borderline piece of art. Number four was a movie. You know Cold I mean? War. Ivan Drago. James Brown. It was a, it was a, must, it was a slice of American. It was yeah. it was. Uh, it was America in if you could keep time in a bottle yeah, exactly. in 1986, 1987. Well, so how are they? That's like saying Rambo is better than First Blood. It's just come on, man. How are they going to re? Wait a minute, you like both? Speaking of fascists, that, that movie's no. I'm not. A- I don't enjoy Rambo at all. But First Blood's a terrific movie. Huh? I don't enjoy. Okay, but you hate it. But you don't enjoy it. What's that? But you don't enjoy it. No, first. Well, how do you enjoy? You know, death and all that kind of thing. It's a good movie. It's, it's a movie. It's, it's not pretend. real. It's, it's make yeah, it's make believe. First Blood, I think, is really well done. Plus, I love Brian Denny. Don't you guys like First Blood? So I haven't watched any of the Rambo movies. I'm just not a big Stallone fan. I'm I, not I, I watched Cobra and regretted it oh. uh, forever. You didn't like the toothpick? 
Or the matchstick match in his stick, mouth, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, driving the old, uh, the old Chevy. Or I would think you would relate to that. You know, one man vigilanteism. You're the one to to go out and make the world right. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I like to do. I like to go kill people. That's, no, that's no, my no, thing. no, no. Just use the threat. You don't have to kill. People. Almost there. Yeah. But you're saying they're we're they're, getting real close. To you going could through that survive. List. You could survive in the woods on your own, like he did, and you know. Or I could just stay in one of my my many properties. My, safely ensconced in my uh, in my real estate empire. But ML, you're saying oh, they're re- we're back to the are they? Of the week? Well, yeah, I'm trying to get to the bottom. Yeah. They're recutting it or redoing it. Like, what are they doing with Rambo Four? Yeah, so reissuing it. So some of it is or not Rambo Rocky Four. I'm sorry. Some of it tries to uh, make the relationship between between um, Carl Weathers and and Sylvester Stallone uh, a little more um, collegial or just just emphasize what good buddies they were okay so it's still the same movie they're just yes yeah i mean rocky still loses then wins and then gotcha okay creed's about it plays on that relationship come on so but here's here's the scene that they cut out that that offends me okay that's why i think this is this is the putting the arms on the venus de milo i didn't think you got offended (laughs) no no, of course i don't um the uh it's where um where they take out the christmas scene where paulie gets the robot as a gift why would they take that? Why? Because the robot's old. Why would they take that out? I, I think it's because they're trying not to make Rocky look so privileged that he's handing out robots as gifts. Or maybe it's just because the movie ran too long. I'm not really sure. But was that the only on, scene that was cut? That's my question to you. Uh, I believe other scenes were cut. Or okay, so or may well have been length, and it's just a terrible movie. And they were trying to show. Maybe it. they wanted to extend the best montage in movie history. The only good thing in any of the Rocky movies, frankly, is A, Mr. T, B, Burgess Meredith, and C, Burt Young. So oh. when you take Burt Young out and his reaction when this robot comes crawling towards him, <laughs> you have ruined a movie that, that in many people's eyes... What's well, a perfect movie? Challenges Citizen Kane from one of the greatest movies. That's that Thompson's really good in Creed, too. So Bloop. What? Get off Creed, my God. So, so Creed would be number three in the greatest and By movies. the way, Sylvester Stallone's terrific in Copland. <laughs> For you anti-Stallone, anti-American people. Is that some sort of shot at Joey because he's having trouble with his hearing? Is that where you're going with this? No, he said he You're mocking Joe? Sylvester Stallone. I'm saying he was handy-capable. He was good in Copland. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, he he was. Yeah, he was. He was good first, but he's overrated. He's more of a Superboy fan, but that's... You mean overrated? Nobody ever says he's a great... What do you mean overrated? I think his movies are not that good. But who... uh, The question is, are they entertaining and sell popcorn, that kind of thing? As Sylvester Stallone himself would say, I don't think anybody's ever accused him of being an actor. So, I think the Academy Awards uh, people—it's uh, because he held his fists with uh, Alan, as you would say. A word you probably would like. So I'm at the top of the steps in front of the, the whatever. As, that as was. an authoritarian, property-owning <laughs> French speaker, I'm offended by that. Oh, comment. so now now it's the French too. Okay. It's, Elon, but anyway, you do um, give up easily, I guess. So, that, so I understand the French reference. So, um, uh, before before we all risk our futures, I want to get to <laughs> okay. Uh, want to get to? He's uh, not taking any bait. Room seven six oh nine. No, I guess I did. So, Rocky Four is your no the the, the creative team that that yeah. removed Paulie from Rocky Four, thereby thereby completely gutting one of the greatest pieces of of cinema ever. You are our geek of the week. <laughs> Night party in room 7609. Love!
As we release Joe Zuber from his duties producing the Facebook Live portion of our show, you can always catch the replay of this show on my Facebook page, ML, no periods, Elric, so that's just an M and an L, right next to each other, and then Elric, um, now we're just talking to the cool folks who only do the audio, so you're the guys and the ladies, the Mm. cool cats and kittens who know where it's at, so thank you for staying with us. For the rest of the show, Room 7609, as you know, is the place where people play Talking Heads when I'm not here. (laughs) And the rest of the time, we play some great new wave music from bands who you love, who have some hits that you never knew they had, or some songs that should have been hits that weren't, or we introduce you to some bands that you never heard of that afterwards you say, damn, that's so good. Amazingly, a lot of those bands come from Australia. And here's a band that both is awesome and from Australia that had some hits and some ones you didn't know. It's The Church with Reptile. Too dangerous to keep Too feeble to let go And you want to bite the hand Should have stopped this long ago
Ah, yes, Australia, that great source, but underappreciated for new wave music from from Midnight Oil to Pseudo Echo to... In Excess. Um, to In Excess. Oh, God, In Excess. We have to play In Excess at some point. The problem with In Excess is so much of their stuff was so successful, it's kind of hard to find an underappreciated tune. And, uh, and I... Um, I went to college when Kick was out, and I got mm-hmm. so sick of listening to that album, which got played into the ground. That I had kind of a built-in bias against In Excess, but over time, I kind of—is it sort of? Well, MTV loved them too, so they overplayed yeah. them. Well, because Michael Hutchins was, you know, the mm-hmm. most beautiful man alive with those those flowing locks and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to listen to some of it, man, it's so good. And 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 like a lot of these these great bands, you know, horn section, which was fantastic, and and some of those, some of those lyrics, like sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked, you know. What that, they were great, man. Tell yeah. me about the church because I don't oh, know yeah, them the church, at all. Sorry, I'm embarrassed guys. that I don't know them. Sean was even uh, dancing along. Well, that's my favorite song in the '80s. So seriously. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first time in two years I've been on this podcast where I kept my headphones on and turned it up as loud as it would go. (laughs) I thought it was just you wanted. Boy, I thought I was the intolerant one. (laughs) No, no, no. That was man's offended by good music. Now I want Sean to make a top. No, when I first when I heard the the riff and I realized what it was as soon as the song started, I thought what I I thought maybe it was you were trolling me because you actually played something that was first of all great and second of all that was somewhat of a hit. I mean, I know under the Milky Way was their bigger. Big, biggest hit, but this was somewhat of a hit. So I thought maybe you were just messing with me. No, it, it did get some. It did get some airplay. But the thing is, at the same time, you know, Australia is not that big a place that uh, that they're gonna they're gonna dominate the hit parade. So and how dare you compare Midnight Oil and In Excess to the Church? By the way, please. What? Come on. Well, they're I, just I, from the same continent. I, I live to offend you. I guess that's how <laughs> I do it. It's 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 so easy to do. What um, an awesome song. What what is it that you like about it so much? I love the guitar for one. I like the pace of it. Yeah, there's a there's a velocity to it that that sort of carries you along. I lo- I mean the guy's voice I just enjoy from their the band in general, but it's the it's this the tone of that guitar along with the with the the pace. Now you could you could say that it's a monotonous song because it's just that riff over and over and over again, but it has sort of a haunting quality. Yeah, the voice helps with that, the, right? Um. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if it was, you know, I, I mean, it just, it just kind of, it just kind of is like a metronome. It's just there ticking away throughout the whole song. You could see that as soothing. It's not as dreary as um, the Smiths, but. You what? Know. You're just mad because I, I have that one that. album called Sean's a Wanker. I mean, you know what I mean? You, the the Smiths, a lot of, a lot of the Smiths were a lot more in with, you know, heroin, faux heroin chic and all that other stuff. But, uh, you know. Dismiss wow. or no. right, the, the depressing, angry poets, and you know they're never going to be as hip as the Smiths. No, the, the Smiths. I always thought they were a sneaky great band. The, the Smiths church. were a, a sarcastic uh, band that did, did a lot of social commentary at a time when Margaret Thatcher was yeah. transforming England from a, a largely socialist state into a a poorly run capitalist state, and they made a lot of great commentary on that and on the on the monarchy, which was you know as as corrupt as it, as it is today, it just wasn't known so well. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, hand in glove, the sun shines out of our behinds. You know, I mean, there's some 
So we don't need to get into a discourse about about how how little you understand or how greatly you misunderstand the Smiths. Or no, no, no. They were. That's exactly why it was annoying to me. I just I want to get lost in a trance when I listen to music, and that and so, and that's fine. That people that don't, you want the social commentary. That's great. Yeah, but but so there's two there's two schools of of uh, of thought on the Smiths. One is, oh my God, Morrissey's lyrics are so great; they really speak to me. And and they they certainly speak to a lot of. In fact, I think the Smith music is more relevant now than ever before because it, it they really tapped into that angst and that that uh, that sadness that so many young people feel. You know, if a double decker bus crashes into us to die by your side, what a wonderful day to way to die. I mean, this this uh, this pain that so many young people are going through today. The Smiths were talking about that thirty years ago. But so there's, those are the people who really like Morrissey and the lyrics. But then there are other people who say the Smiths. The Smiths is Johnny Marr's band because it's all about incredible virtuosity on guitar and great melodies and sounds and production, you know. Well, and then me, I would throw in this. there that Andy Rourke kicks ass, ass on bass. So, but but yeah, I mean it's it's but but I that's okay. So I'm not. The, no, I mean Bob Dylan was were Bob Dylan was acid. making the social. I did like scratch acid. <laughs> They were they were a fun, interesting band in, in Austin as well. I shouldn't say as well because yeah, because the Smiths the, were, the, were based in Houston. Yeah, no, they were actually based in San Antonio. We have an Armarillo. No, band. Bob Dylan was writing. I mean, there were plenty of people writing social commentary thirty years before, twenty twenty years before the Smiths. Yeah, so, of course sure. they were sure. right. I mean, and they they still do, into it, young it, people's angst. It's funny because you you're not a fan of Radiohead, are you, ML? I don't listen to a lot of their music because um, a lot of the I don't criticism, find it to really doesn't really hit me. Because a lot of the criticism about the Smiths is a lot of the stuff I hear. Radiohead's one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band of all time. And a lot of that criticism is very, very similar. And they're incredibly similar bands. I mean, the Smiths influenced Radiohead. Right. And my favorite Radiohead uh, song is their cover of uh, the Smiths. Of course, but I'm of course trying it to is. think. I just I'm not thinking about the 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 lyrics and and I don't think of the I don't think of Radiohead as a particularly political band where I think oh, yeah. of I think really okay. Yeah. Well, I'll mm-hmm. have to, I'll have to re-examine them. But I, last week I was criticized for an ad hominem attack on Sean Penn, and and now uh, while we're talking about the church, somehow the, the poor the Smiths have been dragged into this <laughs> and have been savagely you took beaten. The bait. You took the bait. Yeah, no, it had nothing to do with Sean Penn, it but just, that's all right. They were just. Poor, we're about to get into that here in a minute, anyway. Or so. you piece of garbage. On, on, on behalf, I'm the piece of garbage this time. On, be, <laughs> exactly. on, be, on behalf of ML Soul of Detroit, I'd just like to extend a heartfelt apology to Mike Joyce, Andy Rourke, Johnny Marr, and Stephen Patrick Morrissey. That's just on, behi- on behalf of. Behalf well, at least we all can agree that we like the songs. So. so, but yeah, the church are great. In fact, I saw them play at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor. Uh, back in maybe 1987 or 88, and they're great live. There. You enjoyed yourself? I, tr- I did enjoy myself. You smiled back when you were happy. Uh, I had some sadness then. I was a little melancholy. Yes, I know that that uh, that we're all prone to that, even those of us who have massive egos and care about nobody else. In the, in the <laughs> no, I, what's interesting about you is your massive ego, but you care about everybody else. I love that. It's, some people would say that, that you, you've identified the wrong massive part of my my uh, corpus. Well, but no, but that goes along with having a massive ego, thinking you have the best of every body part on the planet. So, but the fact that you I have very care, thin eyebrows, you genuinely care about other people, is what makes you, you know, really compelling and interesting and 
again that list is good soul by the by yeah. the minute but um so that's the church and uh uh new wave uh aficionado todd recommended reptile we we are grateful for your suggestions we thank you todd some of us know a lot about new wave music some of us know a lot about talking heads and hate everything else um <laughs> I, but, don't, uh, I don't really hate anything but uh, this would be a good time for that trip other than people that like dismiss but, but, um, <laughs> no, i'm but joking that's dripping. obviously a joke dripping he's <laughs> dripping with nothing but menace um but todd not only and this is the favorite how part soon of this, is now uh, how about uh sean take a bow um that's another smith song unreleased um but the uh the um the story that todd sent along with the suggestion is almost as good as the song the lead singer very much admired by sean and uh, also plays bass is a guy named steve kilby and reptile was inspired by an encounter he had with a woman and her pet lizard he went to a bathroom in the woman's hotel room and said there was a sound i'm gonna be working my australian accent there's a sound behind a shower curtain. Wait, that uh, sounds like a Kennedy. Yeah, well, you know, the the Irish got sent to Massachusetts and Australia. That's how it worked All back right. then. But um, he looked behind the shower curtain, and there was a great big lizard in there looking back at him. And the woman goes, oh, you met Bruford. Gross. The, the lyrics are pretty good, too. Go now. You've been set free. Another month or so, you'll be poisoning me with your lovely smile. I see you slither away with your skin and your tail, your flicking tongue, and your rattling scales like a real... Sean? No, you go. Reptile. I thought we'd join in because it's written down here. No. So, no, no, no okay, no. so it's just me. Just I'm, me. I'm looking at you. So we uh, we love this to get your you suggestions. Like and I think it's time, now that uh, there are fewer distractions, to try and pull together another theme month. We, we've had some fun with different sure. theme months for for. We've had fun on this podcast? Some of us have. Some of us find joy in all aspects of life. Do you have it's a, not just a. We don't walk around with a cat of nine tails, whipping ourselves in our hair shirt. Do you have a theme in mind? So, I don't, and that's why I'm, I'm throwing it open to uh, our our very uh, our very savvy listeners to suggest something. We did covers, and someone suggested a pretty good cover, which I think we're going to get to in a minute. The suggestion that is not the cover, and so if there's some some uh, some little uh, motif you'd like us to build a month of new wave music around, we did Christmas uh, the one year. Um, please, we we we'd love to hear from you. We love all your feedback, even even some of the negative feedback. Um, and you can send that to us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail dot com. You can also call us. Yes, we have a phone line. We have one of those fancy. Uh, one of those fancy wirelesses, you can call us at 313-288-9070. That's our Butterfield 890-70 line. And uh, that line is free, but uh, this show isn't. And so we would really appreciate it if you're interested in sponsoring this show. If you have a business or a product you'd like to sell, our uh, rates are ridiculously low. How low? Reach out to us, let us know, and we will let you know. Or you know what you can do? You can just straight up send us some dough. Mark, how, how do people send us fine amounts of money or Bitcoin or uh, or frankincense and myrrh for the Just holidays? cash. But um, <laughs> com. little donate button at the top. Take it to your PayPal. And um, also while you're there, there's a little button that says shop because oh. there are new items in the shop. It's all a pre-sale. It ends uh, the night of Cyber Monday, but you can buy ML stuff there. 
And yeah, that, that's another way to support. You get something else back for your money besides just the show. So you're telling me while people are running around trying to get products that aren't on shelves that have been jacked up in price, that they can get the same reasonably priced and plush hoodies, long yep. sleeve t-shirts, uh, short sleeve t-shirts. Yep. All of it, any of it, whatever you guys hats, want. Gators, masks, keychains. Well, I don't uh, know about all that. but Hockey just, jerseys, you can get all that there. You'll wow. have to go and look yourself. ML yeah. Sola Detroit, and you can donate. If you don't like any of the outfits. Yeah, or do both. Clothes. It's probably, I mean, if you're looking for suggestions outfits. for the holidays, I would sponsor the show, I would donate, and I would buy as many products as you could possibly carry. <laughs> Everybody in your family comes. will be happy. So uh, it, there's another little, uh, a little uh, fundraiser we're considering. Uh, before the pandemic, we did a pedal pub ride through the streets of downtown Detroit. If there's interest in doing that again, if you would like to get on a pedal pub with us, Drink some beers, see some sights, hear some stories. Send us an email at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We would hit the streets again with the Michigan Peddler, one of the best pedal pub operations in Detroit. You can find out more about them at michiganpeddler.com. That's M-I-C-H-I-G-A-N. You know how to spell Michigan. But Peddler is P-E-D-L-A-R. They are running rides through the holidays, so check out the Michigan Peddler. And if you want to get together with us, if we get to critical mass, We'll do it. We'll keep the cost low, but let's see if there's interest first. We'd also like you to subscribe to the show. That helps you get the new episodes as soon as they're available. Sharing the show is fantastic. It's a way to support the show at no cost to you, but at great benefit to us. You can rate the show, and we'll get to that in just a minute. And we'd appreciate it if you'd love the show, or if you've fallen out of love with the show, if you'd open your heart to us once again. We promise to possibly not disappoint you. Uh, and Jillian writes... I want to congratulate you on running. It took guts, and I don't know if it was just shtick for the podcast or not, but Sean's dismissal of the courage it took to run was a bit puzzling. No disrespect to Sean, but he lives in the most privileged and resource-rich town in Michigan, A2. He has zero comprehension of what life is like living in hard scrabble Detroit for 20 years, let alone while raising two kids. I hope you keep up the podcast. Mike offers this suggestion for my future. One, how about a book about your experience running for a city council? And a unique experience being on both sides, a media person and a politician. Uh, Mike, I think the publishing industry is, is, is too battered for that. And, and it probably wouldn't be as interesting as you'd think because people heard about some of this during the podcast and were not as fascinated as we'd hoped. Two, could talk about the perceived image you might have carried with it as someone who grew up in the Cabbage Patch myself, although I no longer live there. Once the subject of where I grew up, some of Sean's standby jokes. But so basically... Can you talk about what it's like to be perceived as a gross pointer, even though you haven't lived there in a long time? Um, I think we've talked about that enough here, and, uh, and it's, it's not all that fascinating. Three, and this is Mike's best suggestion for the future, if you ever do cover tunes again, 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger is my request. So Now, when we did covers, was it New Wave bands covering other songs or vice versa? I think we I did. I can't remember. I think we did. Both? No, I think we did non-new wave bands covering. Ah, so that would fit into that category. So we could do. Could do the other way around. Yes, yes, we could Note do. Note to self. No, no, this would be non-new wave band covering a new wave. Because 99 Red Balloons isn't really yeah, yeah. new wave, but Goldfinger uh, yeah, it is. definitely isn't. So I'd rather hear Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger. <laughs> well, the name of the song is 99 Red Balloons, but yes, Goldfinger. Anything by Shirley Bassey is good. Oh, I sort of understood that, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, the, the fascinating phone has once again reared its its ugly face. Um, Nick notes, ML is a famous 20th century, philo 20th century philosopher once pontificated, 
you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. Wow. Okay. I don't know who that philosopher was, but uh, hopefully this doesn't send you into a deep pit of misery. That's debatable. How you already listened to enough brooding music. You ran an honest, clean, above board campaign as an agent of change. And I think 99% of us wish that's how politics work, but it's not. And probably never has been that way. You still did it the right way, in my opinion. There are other ways to affect change, and I have no doubt you will persevere and continue to make Detroit a better place. By the way, I live in Ann Arbor, so I don't care about Detroit, but I still listen to the show. So Nick is a smart aleck. Here he is. Kids, you tried your best, and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. So that's the That was the philosopher. philosopher? I knew what you were talking about, Nick. I, I could use a donut, Nick. <laughs> Motown, Ron, Motown Ron gives us, really me, one out of five stars and a warning to stop self-aggrandizing. ML, just because you lost the election does not give you any license to attack others. You ran, you lost. Sounds a little bit like uh, Willy Wonka there. Kudos to you for trying. Good day. Your vulgar attacks on Sean were uncalled for and was a waste of an hour. Actually, I think, kind of, I think Ron needs to fight Jillian. Kind of ran about. Because she saw it the other way. Ran about 90 minutes. I'm done listening. What? If you can control yourself, take time off and recover. Ron M. I think this is the same Ron that is quitting the Drew and Mike show, too. I think he's just quitting all shows. A former fan. So I'm just curious. If, if he's done listening, how will he ever learn if I can control myself? But I do he plan won't. to take some time off and recover. Including uh, working on some some plans right now on a, a little motorcycle trip to Costa Rica, but more on that later. Mouseman gives us really Sean five stars and an admonition to lighten up, ML. I've been listening since day one and enjoyed the show a lot, but lately ML has become a brittle spirit, and I'm getting close to being done. Enough of the screaming at each. Oh, sorry, enough of the screaming at each <laughs> other. If you can dish it out, you need to be able to take it. But instead, everything Sean says is a personal affront. Lighten up, or the Red Shovel Network is going to have one less listener to this show. Uh, All comments are taken uh, at face value and and considered carefully. And I will just tell you... Don't say it. I will just tell you, Sean, uh, I mean, Mouse Man, as as much as you admire Sean, you misspelled his name. So it's... S-H-A-W-N, as you would know from checking out the Carlos, Carlos and Sean <laughs> podcast. The full page ad in the free press. And that's Carlos with a C. And, uh, and of course, um, by reading his work in the free press, which you can find at freep.com. Sean, what is on the latest episode of the Carlos and Sean podcast? That was all the feedback? Uh, that's, that was the selected. That's feedback. what I have. It was prepared lovingly for you to review. Is there? Did I miss it something? Fair. No, no. I was just curious. If, did you want to walk something? No, I was just it? curious if you had a lot more that you had to. In other words, you had to kind of whittle. No. So whittle we down, we have but, uh, we have edited down some of yeah. these comments just because we have so many of them. Oh, that was my question. Did we, we did, did get a lot. Yeah. Did did we get? I got a lot personally too. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. But here's my question: Did the show get more feedback than normal? Maybe that's the yes. question. Okay. Uh, we may have gotten more emails than normal. Well, we've got two ratings on, uh, I presume it's iTunes. We don't get a lot of those lately. We do have more than 500 five-star ratings, including Mouse Man. So we do appreciate the five stars. Like Motown the you Ron, one one that. star. It's kind of, kind of, 
A little stingy there, Ronzo. But you're not listening, so I guess you can blow me. <laughs> Email next week. Uh, this is this is not Ron M, but you shouldn't have told Ron M to blow you. That was wrong. So, thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. I mean, not Ron. You're not listening, Ron. Why am I talking? Ron, you're, he didn't you're gone. Mean, Ron's he, in the wind. He didn't mean that, Ron. Ron. Ron's in the wind like a fart through a sun. Pay attention, Ron. He didn't mean that. Just stinking up your hair. So, Mark, why do what? you think we? I mean, uh, did you notice that Ron? If you say it a weird way, sounds a lot like Sean. Could this? Are, are be? you saying it's him? No, no. He's gonna, no he's I, was gonna, try, I was reaching. I somebody, was reaching. somebody dings him. He's gonna. We 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 should have workshopped that. He, we'll have next week's episode. We'll have a special intro about Ron that Mike Maybe. will make you do, Mark, and that's okay. No, seriously, Mark, why what? do you think we had more feedback? I mean, I oh, I just think it was all the arguing was building. And I said, I said it on last week's show. I said I liked the arguing, but it was, it was a little awkward. And yet you're smiling as you say that. Because <laughs> it's over. Who cares? Right. It'll never I don't know. be over. Is, it, is as that, Mark D'Antonio said, it'll never be over. Is that, it's just, I mean, it's my, just it's over. I mean, Mike and I have. It's not just me and Mike. I don't want because I'm not special in Mike's orbit. You guys orbit. are adults. I'm not special in Mike's orbit in that way. He, You know, he, I'm not the only one he's had a. A disagreement with and and he's not the one only one i have so i don't want to make it sound like it's just the two of us that bring that out in each other i wish more people could have disagreements and then move on and live their lives well i, I we figured out the orbit thing it turns out i'm the sun and he's uranus <laughs> that's not bad. i could have said you're pluto it's not even a planet that's not bad. you're a planet that's not bad it is. It was a little too awkward. Actually, right, we Mark? talked about Uranus on this show. I'm still trying to get that image out of my mind. Oh, we were talking about colonoscopies. <laughs> Mark, is that is that a struggle for you? No, seriously, what? in, what? The, in what? this arena, because you want people, or you know, a lot of people love tension, or not love tension, but they're drawn to tension. Now your producer oh, shaming. Oh no, they they rubberneck, right? So what's uh? Well, not not always. I mean, it's look, dude. It's got to be just. It's got to be real. You heard from people, right? I heard from people that don't normally listen to the show because they want to rubberneck. Well, they fine. know me or Mike. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody listens to this show. You know what I mean, Mark? Yeah. There's somebody over there talking. We, uh. Ooh, now who's trying to start? So, he's so, it's sort of authoritarian. It's almost, almost fascist. Projection is your best quality. <laughs> almost, almost fascist. I wouldn't you, say fascist. You're the ultimate, you're the ultimate projector. More of an eight millimeter as opposed kind of to a, 35. Kind of a, a dictator. No, you know what? I watched. Uh, you guys know Get Shorty. We were talking about movies. Yes. Here, like Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. You guys like Get Shorty? Cyrus, take us. What? I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, uh, great movie. John Travolta, Gene Hackman's great in it. Danny DeVito's in it, and there's a scene he's in a restaurant, and he's L.A. And the narrator says he likes to sit looking at a certain way so he can see his photo on a billboard. And I thought of Mike when I when I saw this scene recently. I was actually in the air somewhere. Where was I going? Oh, Penn State. And Get Shorty was on. And uh, I thought, oh, there's Mike. I, I don't looking have, at his own billboard. I don't have full page caricatures of myself <laughs> running in the local newspaper. No, but for every other, yeah, but I, I had not. That'd be a difference between us. The difference is, I had not seen it till today. But if that'd been you, that'd be your wallpaper in your kitchen right now. Yes, that's what you like people to believe. Just like you hang your that my, that my kitchen has wallpaper. You hang that's another that, lie. You, it's all painted. You it's hang the painted. ML soul of Detroit. <laughs> it's just painted. behind you every week, line. right? Huh? What? You hang the ML Solo Detroit behind you every week. That's the name of the show. We 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 were gonna. You want to go? We were gonna do um. We were gonna do the tortured soul of Detroit, but that just seemed like it wouldn't be very interesting. And I think there's a large body of interest. Uh, of evidence. evidence to Is that what you that. mean? That's that's. Uh, I if I had written it down, I would have gotten it right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The Carlos and Sean show is about nothing and nobody listens, so let's move on. Well, oh, don't, whoa. isn't there some on the latest episode I saw you We had, try to, no, we talk a good about way sports. to sell it. We had Harbaugh and Tucker on there uh, last week. Oh, we were talking about who was a bigger baby. Yeah. Oh. That's, that should oh, be a short show. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen now. Uh, no, that was last week. What's on this week? Tantalize uh, us. Tease us. What's on this week? I don't know. We got it. We got it. Okay. We got, well, I think we, we're starting to figure out the ratings issue. No, it'll be sports talk, lions, you know that sort of stuff. Well, you're really selling it. It's, uh, I can't wait to download the next episode. Of no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss if you can go into a diner and eat their food if they are they have po- political signs. Oh yeah, you have a good all story. That, all that, that sort of stuff. And that's the sports podcast. Yeah, well, we break it's it up. Like Carlos and Sean podcast. Yeah, I know, but he just says a sports podcast. Well, it's usually it's it's mostly sports. It is sports related. You told me that story. It is sports related. It kind of is. Cause yeah, because you were in Penn State. I was at I was at Penn State, but uh, yeah, no, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Just this idea: Can you these can you days, be an adult? Yeah, yeah. Can you be an adult? Can you frequent a business and go buy whether it's a restaurant or whatever else, whatever else they're selling? Well, there's a lot of people that if feel that way about if they're politically. Uh, you know, well, think about Chick Fil A, right? Exactly. Sometimes a chicken. Thinking sandwich, about it right now, I'm starving. Sometimes a chicken sandwich is just a chicken sandwich. That's right. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, with a little pickle. I mean, when people wear Nike, do they always think about some of the atrocities by Nike? Uh-huh. Of course some, not. No, they don't. Some people no. do. In any case, yeah. What, what did what What's Nike done this time? What haven't they done? I don't know. So that's what it's about. I, I it's about current events. I mean, you come here to get stuff about stories from the early 90s but on our podcast at the free press we co-host who acts like he's in his current. early 90s <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, get I'm, off of my lawn with did, your music and did you just call me a co-host i thought I was you a, want some too old a man a little bit of an interloper sort of a codependent you know i feel like this is like sid and nancy but not nearly as interesting walking around hanging on the anaconda dragon 10 feet behind you is that is that so, what you're gonna say sean, sean what do you want to do huh so <laughs> So okay, so it turns out uh, after three or four minutes of discourse that there actually is something on the Carlos and Sean podcast. It sounds kind of interesting, so I would encourage you to check it out um, at freep.com or wherever you get quality podcasts. You might not find this particular podcast there, but it's good to look for other things when you're out there. So please, uh, please take a look. And uh, Sean, where are you going to be this weekend? We got some big football games. Uh, one in Ohio State. Uh, one in, in Maryland. The state of Maryland. Actually, it's. No, it's in it's in Maryland. No, it's a Commonwealth. It's not yes. a state. Yeah, I'm glad you know that. Yeah, I think that's impressive. I just realized, Mark, by the way, why what? he hung up the the, the ads for the Carlos and Sean behind me. Yeah, because if you're looking at the monitor here, he looks so much better by comparison. Of course, nobody can see that now because we're on the audio. But no, but no, but if I'm just going to describe this, this is a beautiful, handsome man and a couple of you know dorks on the wall behind him. So the the contrast is stunning. Makes you look pretty. So Sorry, I'm just I'm just I typing my did. resignation letter here. I see why you did it. I will be in Columbus. Oh, okay. You're you're going to be in Columbus. All right. And maybe I'll try to come find you. Purdue Stadium was not conducive to that. There was no way ar- around. And then you had to go outside the stadium and come back in. Um. Actually, you know what? Virginia's a Commonwealth. Maryland's a state. You dr- you fell right into my trap. I could have told you Virginia's Commonwealth. I bet Carlos would have known. He might have. I'm, I'm just Carlos. still stuck on the the handsome comment. You think he's handsome? Uh, you very. If <laughs> I don't, do? yeah, very. Really? So I, I think well, I think, think we've so I think we've uh, it's the chin. You we've know? divined the source of of Sean's enmity. It's it's an unnatural longing 
And uh, it makes me as uncomfortable as I'm sure it enmity. makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. No, enmity. No, seriously. If you think he's so I speak. I speak for him. the people. I'm going for a throat rip on this one. Um, so uh, I speak for the people. So um, what are you, the Lorax? No, no, he spoke for the trees. Dr. Seuss, you're familiar with him? Yeah. Theodore Geisel? Canceled. Uh, before we go, we do want to try and take on some weighty topics. And this is one that I think, whether you're a Spartan or a Wolverine, you've had to think about, or you will have to think about before the weekend is over. And and before we go, I, I would like to get everybody's opinion. I know we're running long and we should probably cut it off here. Yeah, we cut shouldn't it off. have any extraneous subjects, but this is really important. Maryland football helmets, cool or horrible? I don't have an opinion. I think they're cool. It's their flag. Their I think flag's stupid, but it's their flag. They're so totally put on the helmet. cool. Totally cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Reese's Thanksgiving pie, yay or nay? <laughs> Sold out to bring it. We'll never know. Back full circle. I, I don't have an opinion. Okay. I'd eat it because I'm fat. Or because we it done? tastes delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're done. Reese's, it, it's sort of like Old English 800. It's good to be back. I drink it in a bottle, 40 quart or can. It's you good put not Reese's to yell at in anything, each other. I'm there, but not at 45 bucks. We got through a show without yelling at each other. That's good. That's not true. <laughs> it's another one of your lies. You started with lies, you ended with lies. Cyrus? Or something like that. Oh, yeah. Cyrus! If you'd be so kind, we'd like to go now. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Nothing matters now, not the land. Not the money, not the woman. I came here to see you. Because I know that now you'll tell me... Your corned beef hash recipe. Only at the point of dying. I know.